Welcome to Heating Up, a podcast about climate change, our dangerous future, and what you can do about it. I'm Corinne. I'm Derek. And welcome to the third best. Uh... <laughs> We've downgraded. <laughs> Were we second? No. Well, probably. Who knows? <laughs> third best. Third fourth best. best. Whatever. I'm just hedging our bets, you know? Right. Third best climate disaster related podcast in Sacramento currently <laughs> operating. We're barely currently operating. Yeah, so, ba- yeah. Two weeks in a row, Corinne. We're back on track. Really on track. Just like our diet. my life together. Yeah. Um, Not quite. You gave me a... You cut off a little piece of your rosemary bush and stuck it in a pot for me. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's dead yet. Really hard to tell because it just looks like a stick and a piece of dirt. Sure. And then on that trend, I was at Costco, bought a big tomato plant. So maybe going to throw that out in a couple weeks. Maybe I'll have some tomatoes in a couple weeks. Big pot full of dirt and a dead plant pretty <laughs> who, soon. Who could say? Good times. So giving it a shot. Excellent. But Doing also, some panic gardening. Now the sun is out, so I'm a little worried. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The other day I was walking around the neighborhood and noticed a couple of panic gardens, nice. like vegetable gardens being put in people's front yards. Front yard There's, panic yeah, gardening. Yeah, a couple of them, which is like, insp- I really want to get front yard garden going front yard garden yeah uh but there's at least two of them on the street as i was walking down i was delivering seeds uh little seed starters or seedlings to a, a friend in the neighborhood mm. and so i was walking over there with my little plants walked past at least two brand new vegetable Should've gardens giving the them some yards. gifts yeah planted the plants in there you're gonna love it you're gonna love it i mean you allergic just don't care left it yeah. <laughs> i sort of meant whatever <laughs> what did you mean but front yard uh, I didn't realize people put gardens in the front. Not usually. Because normally but... they're like sloped, right? Yeah. Front yards. Some, some. These were fine. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Panic gardening. Okay. You do what you got to do. Very cool. So yeah. Uh, did you watch Tiger King? Again, I did not. You did not. So you I still don't know anything about like, Carol Baskins. Honestly, I missed the missed train the on it. Yeah. On it, and it just doesn't interest me. What about it doesn't interest you? The tigers, it's the murder, too... or the Florida? <sighs> Florida is a big influencer. I don't like that. Honestly, the patterns and the colors I'd have to look at bother me. <laughs> Feels I don't, like it'll hurt your eyes. Yes. Like there's a lot of prints that are just very Florida. I think that's a big problem. <laughs> um, and just the bleached hair and the all the peers. It's too, I think it's too much for me to absorb looks wise Okay, for me. So you're just never going to... You never know. Could get real desperate here in a couple of months with this lockdown. Could be. All right. Well, I guess that's the new with well, us. how are you? That was it? That yeah, was I got you. nothing. Got work. Got my garden going. My potatoes came up. Yeah, you were very proud of those tomatoes. Potatoes. potatoes. Yeah. Sorry. Tomatoes are out there too, but yeah. Other than that... You got more bees. Free uh, bees. Which well, I, I didn't was get any more bees. I helped a uh, beekeeper. I'm learning how to beekeep, and the beekeeper that's teaching me was doing a cutout, like a, essentially collecting bees that had decided to live in the building at an apartment complex somewhere. Helped him cut them out of the wall. That was fun. But, How uh, did they know to contact him and not just go to an exterminator? Uh, they contacted the Sacramento Area Beekeepers Association. Okay. Who has like a, a collection list. So a bunch of beekeepers that are like, sign me up on this list if anyone has a swarm. Because beekeepers like to do, because then they keep the bees, basically. They do get right. freebies out of it. Well, I guess my so. question is, normally when you would find something like that, I think person's reaction is, ah, an exterminator. Do exterminators people, yeah. do then refer you to a bee? Yes and no. I mean... If you call an exterminator, they'll kill those bees. But uh, there's plenty of people who are like, maybe we don't have to kill the bees. Maybe okay. we can just get them out. Okay, good. That's, All right. Uh, that's what's new with me. Not All much right. else. That's it. That's We're updated. It. Boom. Roasted. Getting into it. Uh, next is, I guess, news. Are you ready for the news section today, Karen? You did tell me you had no good news. I have no good. Well, <laughs> I have one good news story. We'll pop it in there when you want. Okay. I've got a headline that is just perfect. 
first story, though, is kind of good news, I guess. First story is good news. I'm going to say it. First story is good news. That is a lie. News. No. Maury, that is a lie. But please continue. You're going to eat your words. First story. Researchers hope llama antibodies could help protect humans who have not been infected with the coronavirus. Unusual. Please keep going. Yeah. So the solution to the coronavirus may have been staring us in the face the whole time, lazily chewing on a carrot. Is this part of the headline that that's, you created? Yes, no, that's what it said in okay. the thing. So apparently a study published in the journal Cell found that antibodies in llama's blood could offer a defense against the coronavirus. Uh, in addition to larger antibodies like ours, llamas apparently have smaller ones that can sneak into spaces on viral proteins that are too tiny for human antibodies, hmm. uh, helping them fend off threats. So in theory... Llama antibodies could help protect humans who have not been infected. All right, give me some llama stuff. Yeah, llama blood. Now we're just going to be... Uh, <laughs> not tiger's blood, llama blood. Llama blood. So yeah, good story, right? Yeah. Good news. Starting it. off on a, a high note. Here Karen. we go. It's a now roller it's a coaster. Roller coaster. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. Uh, we had mentioned this a little bit last week, but I feel like it's worth going into. And that's that the coronavirus is currently ravaging meatpacking plants. Yes. We mentioned a little bit when we talked about what the most likely scenario of meat shortages coming in the very near future, but almost half of the current COVID-19 hotspots in the U.S. are linked to meat processing plants. So this has led to a virus spiking in a lot of like small towns like rural America where you mm. would normally not expect to see like hotspots for the virus. Uh, and the thing that's so far, at least 30 meat, pa- meat plant workers have died from COVID-19. Oh, man. More than 10,000 have been affected or exposed. That's a lot. Yeah, according to the Food and Commercial Workers International Union. On Wednesday, a fourth U.S. Agricultural Department food safety inspector died from the virus. So the people who are charged with going to the plants and, like, inspecting them, four of them have died from the virus. That's so crazy. That's crazy, right? Yeah. Almost 300 inspectors who have struggled to get access to adequate protective gear, apparently, are off sick with COVID-19. The deregulation of slaughterhouses and meatpacking plants over the past two decades has increased output and profits at the cost of health and safety, according to many advocates for the workers there. Uh, even before the pandemic, of course, the industry was riddled with serious safety and health yeah. fire hazards, including dangerous equipment, muscular and skeletal disorders, and hazardous chemicals, according to the Occupation Cell... cell- Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA. Yeah, they're not great places. Like, basically, if you've ever seen any of... Like, that's why they have all the ag-gag laws, so you're not allowed to go videotape inside these places anymore. Because, like, 15 years ago, people started, like, let's take a video camera into this terrible, horrible, disgusting plant. And people were like... Instead of fixing it, they're (laughs) like, oh, we should not do that. They're like, no cameras. The problem isn't what you're seeing. The problem problem is is that you're seeing it. (laughs) Uh, so that was the solution that we came up with for fixing these problems. And surprise, surprise, it hasn't been fixed. They're still terrible there. Very interesting. Yeah, the pandemic has shown a light on the meat industry, where for years workers have been exploited in the plants, uh, including being penalized for not showing up to work even when they are sick and injured. Even now, uh, it's taken the plants to be have to be shut down for companies to provide protective gear for workers. Yep, at least 30 plants have suspended operations over the last two months. Uh, but many are starting to reopen, encouraged by Donald Trump, who... In an attempt to fend off unrest about meat shortages, last month declared meat processing plants to be critical infrastructure. And it should be noted that most of these workers that work at meat processing plants are often migratory workers. There's a lot of illegal immigration workers that are there. Um, So these guys are very exposed to being exploited because they lack the protections that... They can't say, hey, they're treating me unfairly here. Because someone might just call ice on them and then they'll be in a cage and get coronavirus there. There. Even worse, not paid for it even pennies so america good times yeah, i love it 
All right. Next one, Corinne, not COVID-19 related. That is surprising. But Adjacent. But no, disastrous future related. Great. So a landslide in Prince William Sound in Alaska could trigger a large tsunami in an area sometimes frequented by hundreds of fishermen and recreational boaters. A landslide could cause a tsunami? Yes. So Prince William Sound is the area that you see all the beautiful photographs of Alaska because it's where the glaciers are like literally coming into the ocean. Okay, yeah. But because they're warming up and essentially the ice is melting, Mm -hmm. the ice has either fallen off or retreated past the actual like cliff. Okay. But the ice was holding the cliff up. So as the ice has retreated, now this really unstable rock is sitting there right out in the middle of the ocean. And if it falls off and lands in the water, enough of it could essentially create a tsunami that could wipe out uh, even a small town nearby. So scientists say that an unstable slope uh, sitting above the Barry Glacier in Barry Allen, about 60 miles east of Anchorage, could slide into the water and could release millions of tons of rock into the ford triggering a tsunami at least as large as the large as some of the largest that the state's recorded history Hmm. so global warming literally causing a tsunami in alaska okay (laughs) i mean i guess that's just a potential disaster it's not actually a disaster i mean my my thought is like well couldn't they reinforce it like if just put some sticks up. Yeah, I was like, well, that might cause more problems than help. But are you gonna reinforce it? A cliff. That's the type of thing we're gonna have to start doing. Now. I guess. Yeah, geoengineering, Corinne. Perfect. Throw some dust at it. All right. Speaking of potential disasters, uh, here's another uh, likely disaster in the future. One third of humans could live in hottest Sahara conditions by 2070. According to a new study, the World Economic Forum warned Wednesday that one-third of the human population could be living in locations that are as hot as today's Sahara Desert in the next 50 years if world leaders don't take divisive action on climate change. So, it's gonna happen. The WEF's findings are based on the research of a team of scientists who studied global temperatures over the past 6,000 years. The research was published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. The study also noted that by 2070, population growth is expected to be greatest in already hot locations on Earth. Hmm. So, the areas hardest hit by the rising temperatures will be Africa, South America, and Australia. Uh, Oxfam has said that the climate fueled natural disasters have pushed more than 20 million per year out of their homes over the past decade mass migration could increase the burden on host countries so with 20 percent of the world's land mass now being like inhabitable by 2070 all those people got to go somewhere so even places that are currently habitable will then be pushed into crisis because of millions and billions of people moving there everybody be cool and stop having babies that would help but (laughs) we can't talk about population i know so moving on corinne Mm mm-hmm Now we're going to an actual disaster. Devastating drought in 2019 and patchy rains this year have caused huge water shortages in Zimbabwe, which has led their second biggest city to limit access to tap water to just one day a week. So they're shutting off the taps so you can, if you live in the city, which is millions of people big, the reservoirs have fallen to such dangerously low levels that they're only allowing the taps on on Fridays. So people probably just start turning them on and filling shit up. Yeah, you've just basically got a store and hold on to it for the rest of the week uh analysis say zimbabwe's economy will go deeper into recession this year as it battles climate induced shocks that have caused hunger effects of the coronavirus and monetary woes that have seen inflation spike to three digit levels jesus so not great in zimbabwe right now triple digit inflation literally no water and the coronavirus and all sorts of other things going on too much yeah sometimes just gets too much and you're like you know what let's get out of here let's 
That's... Let's go someplace that doesn't have at least one of these things. Although South Africa, we've as we've said before on this pod, has also had severe water shortages. So like Cape Town had to shut off water. A couple right. of other places in South Africa. So, thank you for thoroughly depressing me. I was already depressed, <laughs> and you just added to it. Thank you very much. That's that's the news, Corinne. I don't have another <sighs> news story. I guess per se. we do have our nonsense though. Right. Which is some nonsense. Is it bad news? It's bad news. <laughs> you basically have two bad news sections. Yeah, bad news, bad news. Bad news, bad news. Thanks. So the next thing I want to talk about, okay. and since you don't prepare anything for this podcast, we're going to talk about it. I, I like to be uh, spontaneous. I feel like if I just keep throwing the bad news, bad news out there, eventually you'll bring something to the table. So you can be like, you know what? Instead of that, why don't we talk about this? Derek, I think that's hilarious that you think that. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most optimistic thing i've ever heard you say uh you're just gonna keep uh i don't know why you would think things would go differently <laughs> i don't know what about what i have ever done would make you expect that all right so i was talking to some friends of mine about the responses to coronavirus hold on and... a second friends of yours i have friends <laughs> okay uh, no maybe not internet <laughs> friends they're real people, but I talk to them on the internet. We're all social distancing. We're, right, right, yeah. right, right. Okay, social distancing. Talking to real people who really exist in the real world right. about the nation's responses to coronavirus and then particularly the protests that are trying to get the nation to open back up. Yeah. And so there's been a lot of focus on the armed protesters. So like in Michigan, famously, a bunch of armed yahoos went into the state house, got inside the, you know, were allowed inside the building and basically were threatening the governor because they need to get their Applebee's and their haircuts it's and whatever. It's some crazy stuff, yeah. It's some crazy stuff. I'm going to assume they're white folk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they are definitely white folk. We'll get to that here in a second. But, like, for me, this was really kind of shocking. And, like, this is important stuff. And when, like, I'm reading the kind of left response to this, or, like, the liberal response, I guess I should say, or just like what my, you know, a lot of people think about it, they really kind of glance over the fact that all over this country, there are these crazy armed responses threatening like insurrection. But this in has been going to... on, Derek. There was the, was it the Bundys? They did the same sure. sort of it's idea. Been it's and been a lot of them doing... are the same people, but like that's also part of what's concerning to me. So right. I think that I've got some facts here that we're going to go over. So we talked about Michigan, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we saw this really troubling pattern emerge that we'll see repeated in other states. So the rally itself was started by right-wing political groups. Groups, like actual like nonprofit, you know, Trump supporting organizations, which I guess is, I mean, I don't agree with those groups, but they're at least like mainstream groups, okay. right? The problem is that they open up for a much more radical ideology to essentially come in and be the face and, you know, kind of hijack their rallies. So what ended up happening is in the Michigan rally, the group called the Michigan Liberty Militia was contracted to uh, essentially provide some security. And they stood guard with weapons and tactical gear. They later Who were they keeping secure? The protest itself, I guess. The thing about it is the Michigan Liberty Militia is listed as an anti-government group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. And their Facebook page has been seen reposting material sourced from like racist hate groups like Patriot Prayer or the Patriot Front. So like this is a group that's a really crazy right wing group and they're being brought in by these more mainstream right wing groups, right? Yeah. Um, and video of the event, you can see members of the Michigan Proud Boys, which are the, oh, the fascist such a weird groups. Thing, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is another hate group. And they can be identified, you know, in the video or whatever. 
And for some observers, um, you know, others saw, as you mentioned, the racial bias in the protesters were treated by police, right? In the same week, we had the story about an unarmed mm. black man who was murdered in the street by two armed and easily identifiable white men who were not arrested for two months. I know. And they're that like, woman. Yeah. So, so, I mean, these things happen every week in America, but like it happened at the same, these stories were going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. There was this video was released of this event, which happened months ago. Yeah. And, you know, and this thing going on. So you've got this group of armed white guys not getting harassed at all by the police. And then you have two armed white dudes just gunning a person down on the street. I gotta say, I'm a little confused about the reactions from the right because I understood when Barack Obama was president, they were like, their racism was flaring up. They sure. felt very unjust. And they had to go out and they're just, every all their rights are being taken away. But now they got what they wanted, right? The brown kids are in cages. Nobody's getting food. Uh, the the white racist guy is president. Where where are they losing? They're only winning, as far as they I guess. say. They just were but to now push it they're further. upset. That, but they won't say that they're upset at Donald Trump. But they're going to their local governments with guns, and I'm so confused because they got what they want. Well, they didn't they're get winning. what they want. These are most of these groups are far anti-government groups. They want to essentially destroy the state. But I mean, we'll get into some of this other stuff. These are people also, by the way, Donald Trump called the protesters in Michigan, including the Proud Boys and the Michigan militia group, very good people, and urged the the Democratic governor to make a deal with them. I is, actually didn't even know what he said, and I was about to say he thought he was going to call them good people. Yeah. I couldn't. I can now predict his words. So, but this pattern of right wing not for profits promoting public protests. Uh, while more radical groups come in uh, and use the lockdown resistance as a platform for their extreme ideologies, we see it in other places. So like in Idaho, right, there's an organized Idaho Freedom Foundation, or Foundation, right, which is a, uh, like a Tea Party type organization, right? It's, you know, being funded by the Koch brothers and whatever else. It's, you know, just a a normal, quote unquote, you know, right wing group, right? They're sponsoring this Freedom Foundation rally. But the rally is bringing in speakers like Eamon Bundy. So Bundy mm-hmm. was, of course, the guy who was in... Oregon? The, well, yeah, he was at the Maller Wildlife Refuge, right? So he's using the coronavirus lockdown to espouse this really radical ideology. And he said, we all have a duty to defend what is right and make sure that what God has given, no man can take away. Right? What does it even mean? It means he's going to show up with guns at the anti-government rally. Right. In Maryland and elsewhere, among the armed protesters in tactical gear, you can see people who are wearing Hawaiian shirts. Like if you watch the videos or whatever, they're wearing like Hawaiian shirts or they have lays. And at first you look at that and you're like, that's Some weird. Jimmy Buffett fans. You would, <laughs> if only. White guys in Hawaiian shirts. Normally. But that's not it. So this is apparently a nod to the boogaloo. Uh, which is a code word used by online right-wing militias and gun advocates, as well as white supremacist groups, for a second American civil war. Just like that podcast you were talking about. Yes, exactly right. Yeah. So this is the way the, they refer they, to it. But hold on, but they're winning, though. Why do they need to start a civil war if well, they're they winning? Well, they want so that they can they're win not all winning fully. Enough. They're not winning enough. They're getting small... This is the thing. They're, they're pushing the agenda. They're seeing small victories as a chance. Exactly. To fully get America back to the law, lawless land. Yeah, so like in New Hampshire, armed protesters at the you know Open Up rally or whatever passed out pamphlets titled Liberty or Boogaloo. So basically, liberty Boogaloo? or Second Is American this a Civil new War. Word? No, I mean it comes from that uh, that old movie. I think in the seventies or the eighties, Electric Boogaloo. It was like a, a sequel movie. Basically, it means anything that's the sequel, and usually it refers oh, okay. to something that's worse than the original. I but in this case, they're essentially <laughs> talking about 
a second American Civil Definitely War. Definitely worse than the original. And often cases, what they, they these groups that are using it are online groups that you know refer to essentially like killing police officers as a way to kick off kind of civil unrest generally, and then using that civil unrest as organized right wing groups to essentially take power. That's the idea. Oh, that's bizarre. Yeah, but I mean, they're wearing these shirts, and, and th- I mean, this is a clear sign that you I'm know this isn't just an internet How ideology. How are the Hawaiian shirts tie into this? It's just a code saying they uh, they support this sort of ideology. They all right? already had the Hawaiian shirts, sure. and they thought we all have the same well, shoes. Well, it, because it's like the movie, shirts. I think. But I don't know. Either way, okay. that's what it comes from, and it seems funny. But like these followers claim it's just like a harmless meme or whatever, just an internet thing. And on some level, it seems that way. But real-world violence has been foiled, I guess, and people are tied to this stuff. So recently, a 36-year-old Arkansas man uh, who had whose Facebook play, page included tons of these Boogaloo references was arrested in April by police in Texarkana on a charge that he threatened to ambush and kill police officers on a Facebook Live video. You know what's concerning, and this is kind of making me think, the left has sort of opened up for this allowing of violence. I don't know if they're aware of it, but like that Antifa, you know, that kind of thing. We're like punch a Nazi, you know, and we all, I think we all thought it was a little funny. Yeah. Punch the Nazi and yeah. Beat up the people who are white supremacists. And then it's like, wait a second. (laughs) They are the ones with all the guns. So we're punching Nazis and they're going to be shooting regular old people all the time. And I think it's, again, a problem that a left has not looked forward to the future. What happens when we say it's okay to use violence? As much as, I guess, violence does seem to work, it's really opening it up. Especially when you're a group that has been, for the past 50 years, so anti-violence and so against owning guns. Like, there's a difference between, like, an armed leftist group. And there are those. There's, you know, the John Brown Society. There's a few other groups that are, you know, Redneck Revolt and a few others that are trying to form, like, left-wing kind of militias, which is, I guess, a good response, but they're so outnumbered. And then the vast majority of left liberals see, like, violence isn't the answer, and their response to armed people is to, like, mock them. They don't realize what's coming. But, But don't you think the left has actually started to open up this, like, not necessarily morally against violence? I don't think so. I think the right isn't... I think that these people weren't morally against violence to begin with. No, I think, certainly the right wasn't. But now we don't have a lot to stand on. What? What moral... The, they don't give a crap about your moral standing. The doesn't have anything to stand on amongst themselves. They're I saying guess. that violence is okay. I mean, I don't know. I... I don't see that the left has caused it. I mean, they're punching Nazis because the Nazis are out there. No, I know. I so, know. But, like, I don't know. I... I think that we're going, bringing a knife to a gunfight, if that's what yeah, you mean. Well, yeah, certainly we're bringing a knife to a gunfight. And I, I think we're absolutely not going to be able to beat the right. They have all the guns in the world, and we have nothing. Um, but then we're also opening up as like, okay, I guess that's going to be our answer is to fight. And like, I don't think that's a good route for us to go. It's a slaughter. I mean, I, I think our response is going to be just to completely capitulate and lick a boot. But, uh, you know, that's just most of the Has always been that. Yeah. But either way, we're going to keep going into some of these connections between the right wing and the extremists, right? So at rallies in Washington state have included members of the three percenters, which is the militia. What's the three percenters? It's a militia. It's based, the three percenter name comes from uh, this kind of lie, actually. That is that only 3% of the American population participated in the American Revolution. That's where they get their name. But what they are is a... That can't be true. Yeah, it's not true. But it doesn't mean it's not true on the internet. Basically... The three percenters are like a large group. 
some of them are more, I mean, I don't want to say mainstream militia, but like less crazy, but they dive into crazy town quite often. So there's, you, it's hard to paint them all with the same brush, but a lot of people that are involved in or tied to the three percenter movement are crazy right-wing anti-government groups. So they're worth watching. In fact, the Southern Poverty Law Center does recognize these groups as something you should be paying attention to. So like three percenters in uh, Charlottesville were the people that acted as security for the Unite the Right rally, the big racist rally in Charlottesville. Where they beat up a... Yeah, okay. Yeah, the people that were armed and walking around there, three percenters. So not all... It's one of these, not all three percenters, but yeah, a lot of them are there. More than three percent of those three percenters. <laughs> That's true. Uh, in Washington State, those three percenters who were at the Washington Open Up rally have uh, continually held rallies for Joey Gibson, who's the kind of founder of Patriot Prayer, uh, which just has ties to the Proud Boys and other fascist God, organizations. There's a lot of tiny, weird, little yeah. right. It, like, I mean, it's very factionalized, but this is the point. They're, it's they like unite they're created the by right. their small town or something. But this is the whole the idea behind Unite the Right is yeah. exactly right, that all of these little groups are getting out into the open and allowed to organize above ground and coalesce. And they can work together even though they have slightly different views on things because their general idea is the same, which is something the left is terrible at. How dare you? We will all, <laughs> I'm splitting this podcast. <laughs> we will always fight with each other about it. I absolutely disagree about this one thing, even though I agree about 99%. I cannot work with you. Oh, just go to any environmental conference and bring up veganism if you want to just derail oh, just... the entire thing. But regardless, the that's large... why the right's going to win. Yeah, they're better at putting their differences aside and just going for what the general goal. Yeah. So speaking of which, so back to that Washington rally, right? So over two thousand people were in attendance, including a GOP state representative, Robert Sutherland, who urged those gathered, which of course included those three percenters, to start a revolt if state officials tried to enforce the temporary ban on recreational fishing. Fishing. Yeah, he said, uh, "We're starting a rebellion in Washington. We're not listening to this governor." We're taking our state back. When we go fishing, they're going to send their guys with guns, and they're going to write us tickets, said Sutherland. <laughs> they're going to write tickets with their I'm not guns? Done. I'm not done. Oh. Uh, Governor, you send your men with guns after us for going fishing. We'll see what a revolution looks like. That's a threat. That's a not even veiled threat. Yeah. Uh, a revolution for a temporary ban on wreck fishing while a pandemic is going on. It's kind of funny, but it's really not that funny, right? So, it is, but it isn't. And also at the same time, I'm not going to generalize, but I'm going to generalize here. These are all old white dudes. They're going to have sure. already heart problems, and, and they've been smoking <laughs> and drinking the last 50 years. <laughs> they've been out fishing. These guys should be afraid of the coronavirus. We're, we're coming to this from a leftist standpoint. So there's obviously going to be a delicate balance when it comes to enforcing lockdown measures, right? There's a long and inglorious history of governments using pandemics to roll out like military rule and enforce curfews and like tighten the security state. But all they're using it against is lightning uh, regulations on things. Yeah, they're not even doing... Like exactly. nobody's getting arrested for not wearing a mask. Nobody's getting in any trouble, really. You kind of can do whatever you want. You really yeah. can't. The, pro the, the lockdowns have been so mild. I mean, it's not like we're living in some sort of new internment or anything, no. right? We're basically just saying, if you want Wendy's, just order it online. Go through the drive-thru. Yeah. <laughs> like, right? Like, you can eat your heart out of Wendy's. I mean, it's, it's so crazy to think that these people feel like this is tyranny. It's because like, they don't actually have any real problems. Sure. And so like on a meta level, our problem isn't really going to be that the state is going to use this pandemic to like ratchet up the security state. It's going to be this sort of like 
uh, watershed moment, like emperor has no clothes moment for the right. So the right is going armed to these rallies. They're not facing state resistance and they're winning. So yeah. like in Michigan, at the very least, some of the measures were loosened. Like, yes, the lockdown was continued, but some of the measures that they wanted fixed, some of it was opened back up. So it worked. And again, like just like at the wildlife refuge, the Maller Wildlife Refuge, the state backed down, right? That was crazy. And so what we have right now are armed anti-government white supremacists standing on the steps of the state capitol, openly recruiting angry white folk. Well, here's the thing. It's actually kind of brilliant because this is when they can do it. Well, actually, they could do it anytime because when Barack Obama was president, it couldn't say, like, lock them up, be extremely violent with these people that are violating laws because they'd say, look at what he's really doing. Look what he's doing to the good white people of America. And Donald Trump won't do it because he doesn't care. So these people are really exploiting a very obvious thing. I'm surprised they haven't done more of, honestly. Sure. Well, you can see what, like, I think what's going to happen more and more, especially if the lockdowns continue longer, what we're going to see is what's kind of already started in places like Texas, where there's almost a cottage industry of armed militia type people who are helping people defy lockdown orders. So I don't know if you remember, like a month ago, there was the the hairstylist in, in Dallas who was arrested because she kept her so it was like kept her business open after the state locked them all down right. or whatever. Well, she kept it open with armed protest armed militia types holding, you know, basically out front to prevent the state from coming in to arrest her. Now they eventually the state eventually rolled up in an armored truck and mm -hmm. arrested some of the people that were there including her, but then the governor let her out. Yeah. The governor eased lockdown measures and basically got her off the hook for it. So the sheriffs and stuff in Texas are looking like, hey, we have armed protesters standing in front of gyms that are defying the order, right? Or, you know, bars so or whatever bizarre. else. And so now you have sheriffs who have to go in there and enforce the rules. But they're going to be let out again. But then the governor who's higher than the sheriff is like, why, why would the sheriff then risk their life to go enforce the rules? So then they're not going to enforce the laws. And so now they've opened up this essentially lawless zone yeah. where they, the, the, the three percenters control what's going on. Well, it's also bizarre because it's like, okay, I can understand being a hairstylist. Suddenly you have no job and Donald Trump gives you one $1,200 check and says you're good to go. But here's the thing. Why are you getting mad and wanting to go out and risk yourself and others getting sick? Why don't you go... Hey, government, you need to figure out something else to help take care of me while this is going on. Why is that the route? Why is the route, I'm going to go and work, get myself and others sick. And why isn't it, why don't you give me some money to live while you tell me I can't work? I mean, that's, I guess, a good question, but not the question that we're going to ask in this country. <laughs> so they keep winning these little battles, They're and so it's just emboldening in them and causing more and more. Now, we, I mean, many, many states, we're talking like, Half the states in the country have had these armed rallies with significant groups. and these. Sacramento really, had our stupid little... We had a rally. I don't think there were armed people there. They were, like, driving around, so who knows? I mean, consider your vehicle a weapon. I mean, they certainly used it in Charlottesville. Sure. I mean, I don't think it had that kind of tinge to it, but you could see it happening. I wouldn't be shocked if it did. No. Yeah, it's just crazy. And I think that the left, like, liberal people, people who are, you know, like, good Democrats, what I see a lot of people on the left do is point to polls and stuff that say, oh, 70% of Americans agree that we should be locked down, or 80% of Americans agree that we should be locked down. And I think that poll is absolutely worthless. I think that's a poll very much like the polls that we saw right up until the day of the election in 2016. We know polls are bullshit. Yeah, that just showed that Americans are really good at telling pollsters what they think they want to hear. 
And so I think if you asked an American, like, yes, in principle, they agree that we shouldn't be making the pandemic worse. But the reality, the, the what's real to them isn't it's that. It's, it's, it's that, no, that, it's that they've lost their job. I mean, 40 yeah. million Americans have lost a job in the last two months or more. I mean, the number is probably much higher than that. Uh, the economy is tanking, right? People are fighting each other for toilet paper, you know, in some places. <laughs> I mean, th- they know that science says that the lockdown is important, but they don't know anyone who's died of COVID-19, right? But right. they do know 25 people who no longer work, yeah. right? Who are I having understand- trouble paying I, and their I rent. And I understand that. And so it's deeply, deeply unpopular. And so uh, while I don't think these white supremacist or anti-government groups really give one shit about the the lockdown, although, I mean, they might care a little bit. It's not like, like you said, the lockdown's not that bad. This isn't tyranny. They're exploiting this crisis for their own agenda. Just like we've, you know, they're exploiting that Overton window, that sort of shock doctrine thing that we've talked about. They're moving the conversation to the right. So now they can get out into the open. The white supremacists are literally standing on the steps of the Capitol with a gun and no one's doing shit. Donald Trump's America. Donald Trump's calling them good people, (laughs) right? And this is just crazy. And I think that others want to focus on the guns. And I think this is a trap that the left falls into all the time. Don't where you it's think like, the guns are a problem, though? Maybe so, but it's such a losing argument. So, like, when, whenever we see a group do this, the knee-jerk reaction from a lot of the left is, well, we need bigger gun restrictions. All that all, does... Those are legal guns. You know that all those people who have those guns are legal. Sure. And so all they're going to do is drive more people into the arms of the pro-gun movement. But it is bizarre, Derek, to have people walking around with guns like they're military personnel. Sure. It's crazy. It is crazy, but like we don't under... I think a lot of people forget why they're doing it, or they they deliberately don't want to understand why they're doing it. So I was reading an op-ed. So this is an op-ed that was really popular. It was in The Atlantic, and it was titled, The Great Irony of America's Armed Anti-Lockdown Protesters, Right. And it says, uh, they say they're demonstrating against tyranny, but they are in fact enjoying an extreme and dangerous sort of liberty. And yes. that's true, right? We understand that they're using their the liberty to essentially impose their own tyranny, right? Right. And that's the strategy, that's that sort of like cancerous strategy of fascism, where it uses the values of democracy, the openness, the ability to hear all voices, to essentially gain popularity for a voice that's not open to other voices. So as soon as they gain their power they shut they down take it from others yeah exactly they're not going to give everyone else the right to speak they're just it's using like free the right. speech being okay until then they start cracking down on it uh they're like no well, i need free speech and when they become in power they take away free speech from everybody else the, this is like so this is the argument made in that uh that op-ed in the atlantic it said uh one immediately wonders why the guns are they necessary for this protest any protest a cursory glance at modern history reveals that some of the most effective demonstrators were strictly nonviolent. what did the lockdown processors hope to add to their message with the assault, assault rifles looking at these images my reaction is not fear but the opposite an overwhelming sense of the protesters impotence and i think that's the exact wrong take like this guy got it exactly wrong right <laughs> first off to write that the most I effective am afraid. Demonst- it does make me fearful that it is should, my first that's reaction. the point it's like to write that the most effective demonstrators have been strictly nonviolent literally days after the 50th anniversary of the Kent State massacre right when nonviolent anti-war protesters were gunned down by the you know by the state national guard like it takes a special kind of revisionist history not to remember the violence that's been inflicted on people and the reason these protesters aren't getting smashed by the state is because they are armed 
Right. Right. Let's not pretend that's not true. And then it does get to the point you brought up about the racism involved, right? And a lot of people have brought up this fact, right? He says, it's impossible to imagine people of a different skin color angrily marching with military-style weapons and being treated sim- similarly, no. right? Uh, Representative Rashida Talib noted on Twitter, black people get executed by police for just existing, while white people get dressed like militia members carrying assault weapons are allowed to threaten state legislators. And that's absolutely true, right? But then, just as he's close to kind of understanding that point, in the next sentence says, Unfortunately, while these armed protesters benefited from the rule of law, they unwittingly undermined it. No, they didn't. They didn't unwittingly do shit. They undermined the rule of law very deliberately. Yeah. They know exactly what they're doing, right? By carrying guns, they are purposefully sending a message of intimidation. They're telling people, I don't care about a democracy. I don't care about an no. argument. Like, let's not have a debate about whether or not to open the state up. The, what I'm saying debate. is I'm we're going to it. open the state up or I have this gun here. Yeah, that's how does he not immediately think fear is his free first reaction to people with guns? How is that not his first reaction? I mean, like that's the whole point. Like they're having they're the, using it. You're afraid of me, so you're gonna do what I want. Yeah, the guns are there for literally two reasons. The first is the obvious: the state's gonna be a lot lighter-handed when you can shoot back. Mm-hmm. Like when there's a, a hundred people with guns at the rally, they're gonna try talking to you. They're gonna try talking to you first. They're not gonna bring out the pepper spray first, which is exactly what happened at Occupy. And nobody armed at Occupy. The second is that it's about intimidation. It's about telling everyone that can't do this. So the it's not lost on people of color that guess what? These guys are white guys. You option. don't have this option. I have this option. I can walk up to the state senators in the Missis- in the Michigan State House with an assault rifle and not and not be harmed and go home and eat a, eat eat my Wendy's tonight. And for me, this is at least as big of a story as the actual like for right now at least. Who knows what the coronavirus is going to do if the second or third wave proves to be a lot more deadly than this one. But for right now, this seems to be, to me, the biggest takeaway from the coronavirus response in this country is just the emergence of this really, like, organized and, you know, obviously well-armed group that's getting concessions from the state. Yeah. And they're getting it on the right. And that's very dangerous for anyone who cares about the future of this country. Uh, I mean... It, it honestly made me go like, oh, I need to go buy some more guns. <laughs> <laughs> go buy some more. <laughs> which guns. are, which by the way, are some of the things that sold out the quickest in the uh, coronavirus panic guns. buying. It's not going to do me any good. I, I just wanted to talk a little bit about that because it, I find it unbelievable that not more people are concerned or talking about this. Well, I mean, I, I have always found that very bizarre, and I think it's almost like you know how they call virtue sing- signaling amongst the left. It's virtue signaling for the the right to have a gun on them like that. It's a virtue signal. You're letting people know this is how I feel. Don't even come near me. Don't cross me or I will shoot you. You sure. know what happened to freaking every other black person who's been shot in the last five years. You've heard that story, right? I'll do that to you. That's what they're saying. Yeah. It's just insane. I mean, a lot of the, and like I said, a lot of these groups are, you know, militias of all different stripes, which have a lot of freaky ties to white nationalists and Nazis. And yeah. so, yeah, I don't know. For me, that's like, uh, that's a big deal. I just wanted to kind of have some nonsense talk about it. I don't know if there's any real solutions. Like you said, the left is so disorganized, so unwilling to work and together. And argue about... <sighs> and so unarmed. Like 50 years of our you know pacifist-only policies have led us to the point where we're in a position to just get slaughtered. Just literally. But there's I no... don't think that it's the response should be that we necessarily have more guns. Because what good is that going to do? 
what, we, what, what is that did, is the end goal that we're just shooting at each other? Is that the goal? That that the end that goal is a civil goal. war. That seems to be their goal, and I mean maybe that's what's coming. Like I mean, let's get real honest for a minute. If the state's not going to respond to them in any other way other than pacification, right? Other than by giving them what they want and giving up power, ultimately they're going to take all the power. And that may not be in the next election. That may not be you know more. But if uh, look at this trend and see if it continues to grow, and tell me that's not worrying. Tell me that's not something that we should be actively resisting by any means necessary. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like a wise route is that we're going to just start arming ourselves as like hoping for the civil war. That's what it seems like. It's like well, I don't we're, think we have pushing to hope for it, it, but I think that they're already pushing for it, right? It may very well just be inevitable. Like, let I mean, real talk, race relations in this country have never been fixed. They've always been a gaping wound, and you know Somehow the bill the comes due. the people who are winning feel like they're losing. Sure, but the bill comes due for all of that hate. All I mean, this is a nation that's been built on stolen land and stolen labor, and like that's never been repaid. I mean, there's never been reparations. There's never been any accounting. But it's for not, the actual. It's not the, the people who have suffered from that that are causing the problem. Sure, they want a final solution. Is what they want. <laughs> we're getting to the nazis but, i mean some of them are yes. literal nazis but yeah. i mean that's my point they want an they want to unequivocally win essentially there's they've they feel there's been a truce of some kind for you know the last 150 years i guess because congratulations we don't have literal slaves yeah it will exactly they and the, they're not liking the idea of the coming america and so they're looking for, yeah, a second civil war. They want to undo the gains of the original civil war. Mm. I'm a pessimist, I guess. I just don't have a lot of faith that we're going to somehow solve this without blood. Like, I don't know. Like, I, uh, I don't know, Derek. It just doesn't seem like if you go that route, the left's going to win anyway. No, they're definitely not, That's at least not I'm now. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying we should avoid that route. Sure. I think we should try That's and... That's a bad route. It's a bad route There's right now. There's a lot now. more of them. Right now. Right now. Which is why we should be actively organizing <laughs> to make it so there's a lot, that difference is a little bit less. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, it's a solution, I guess. I don't, it's, <laughs> I guess final it's a solution a little too much in this episode. It's a better, better solution than the other way, which is just letting them roll over everyone. You just keep. It's our dangerous future, Corinne, that we're just going to keep talking about. I don't know if it, future. I mean, if we had the answers, Corinne, we wouldn't be two smos recording a podcast in my living room. No. But yeah, I don't know. I just felt it was worth talking about this episode. So we talked about it. Right. <laughs> don't you feel so much better? On the upside, did you know that you can buy things for the Boys and Girls Club to be delivered directly from Amazon? No. Not that I'm promoting Amazon, but if you're going to use Amazon, which you most certainly are using it, you can literally buy food and supplies for the Boys and Girls Club. And uh, the club is doing bringing the club to members so they give them a little backpack with some snacks and coloring stuff that's adorable it's pretty cute anyway not saying that that's what you should do but it might be a great idea that's also a perfect segue to our prepping segment for today Karen. is it yeah kind How of is that kind of i mean this i guess is prepping adjacent segment it doesn't give you any practical skills this time okay but what we're gonna do i thought this would be interesting since again you did no research for this as always um, what we're gonna do this week is go over kind of a list of don't look at my sheet. Can't read your chicken scratch anyways. <laughs> so I found a couple of places where there were like lists of all the things that ran out in grocery stores or like in the stores over the Am last like, two guess? months. Is no, we're going to kind of go over it them. 
game. Okay, I can make it a game in okay. a couple of ways. The f- one way we're going to do it is see if you bought any of these items. I know oh. that I, I personally, me and my, uh, our family, bought quite a few of these. Okay. See what you got. And then also, we're doing this for a couple of reasons. This is an important kind of lesson to take from coronavirus. One of the things about this this pandemic, this crisis, is that it's been not incredibly acute for most Americans and that you can learn from it. It's like a, a dry run for the next crisis. Certainly. I mean, obviously, I so. thousands of people have died. Millions have lost their jobs. A lot of people are in serious problems. But this is the tip of the iceberg as far as now. And the vast disasters. majority of us are still okay. Yeah. And so the vast majority of us can look at what's happening and say, oh, I need to get ready. And so we need to learn things from this crisis. And one of the things we can look at to learn from is what isn't there in the stores right now. Mm -hmm. Because what isn't there now is likely not going to be there the next time this happens. So in the interim, you should make sure that you are fully prepared in these areas. Okay. Right? It's a good way, like beyond the basics. I mean, we've talked in the past and you should go back if you're new to the pod to listen to our episodes about water and food and the basics of the medical supplies that you should have. And so we all know, you know, toilet paper and paper goods ran out really quick. And we all know that like hand sanitizer and, you know, dish soap and like Lysol wipes, those were all out. Gone. Those were all gone. So we're going to move to the other things that people might not realize were also gone or are still gone. Like a Nintendo Switch. That's on the list. <laughs> So we'll start there. All right. Good one, Corinne. Thank Nintendo you. Switch is sold out on oh, yeah. Amazon. People sold are like, out in the I'm hungering down. I need something to do. I guess I'm going to play video games. Yeah. This is a thing that we've talked about a little bit before for staying in place that I guess doesn't get enough kind of attention. And of course, it's a low priority. For sure. But entertainment, mental health, mental guess, health yeah. and entertainment, just keeping your sanity in a lot of ways. Because most, we've also got Netflix. We've also yes. got the internet. But imagine if the internet went out. Oh boy, it'd be bad. It'd be real bad for a lot of people. So having options for when the internet goes out. So other things besides the Nintendo books, Swift that sold out. Yeah, books are as a run on. Coloring books, puzzles, mm-hmm. those things. So basically just entertainment that the family can do or that someone can do that takes some time that just kind of gets your mind off of things. So yeah, the Nintendo Switch is sold out. But also puzzles, coloring books, crayons, activities to entertain children. Mm-hmm. So everyone suddenly had to deal with their own children <laughs> for eight hours yeah. a day that they normally didn't have to. Yeah. And that proved to be troublesome. So those are some things that sell out, that sold out really quickly. As we get back to uh, some semblance of normal, you might want to stock up on for the next time or for the second wave or whatever. Mm-hmm. Can you guess some other ones, Corinne? Let's see. Um, some other ones that sold out. Alcohol? Alcohol, there was an upsell, but didn't sell out. Uh, Most places you could still find alcohol. We do have a glut of alcohol in this country. Okay. So you can still go to the store and buy booze. (laughs) It might not be your number one booze, but yeah, it's still there. I mean, vodka is vodka at some point. Yeah. Uh, We talked about the guns Guns, of course, sold out. In fact, the other day I saw a line around the block at the ammo store. I was thinking about going to get some more ammo because I was going to go to this. Again, started thinking about guns recently, and I saw a line around the block, and I was like, not going to go. So... (laughs) I'm going to guess um, stuff having to do with, like you said, panic farming. So seeds, yeah, soil, Yeah, we talked about plants. that last time. Plants and seeds all sold out really quickly. Gardening supplies at the stores all sold out. Are we still talking about grocery items or no? Is that not out? So, not so much specific food items. Although okay. one thing that did sell out that a lot of people don't think about are like little snack items. So fruit snacks. Really? Sold out. Couldn't find wow. fruit snacks. Couldn't find granola kids. bars. Uh, like frozen or dried fruit. Things like this, things that you can like pop into your mouth and eat, you don't have to prepare. Eggs, I found still to be difficult to get a hold of. Eggs are not only still difficult to get a hold of, one of the things that we're going to talk about in a couple of weeks, maybe not next week, is that there was a huge panic backyard chicken run. 
Yeah. So people went to the feed chicks. stores and bought all the chicks so that they could have chickens in their back. Well, I know, of course, a lot of flour, sugar. People were starting to get into cooking. Baking. Baking so you mentioned yeah. it. Flour and yeast, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeast is one of those things that you really, I mean, unless not you're... Not a lot of substitutions. Not a lot of substitutions for it. Unless you're like a baker or like a brewer, you're not going to be able to get, like, make yeast. No. Um, so it's one of those things that you really kind of, modern times, just need to buy the packets of. And those sold out quickly. So if your plan is to bake stuff during a pandemic, during a crisis, make sure you get some yeast on hand. Wait a minute. I have another one. I thought of it. Like okay. webcams and podcast equipment. Podcast equipment <laughs> did sell out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, also on that level, we'll kind of go with that one as well. So yeah, podcast equipment sold out quite a bit. A lot of people were at home were like, you know what? I should start a podcast. And I'm like, no, you shouldn't. You're going to bump us down the list. You're immediately better <laughs> than four. us. four. Actually, there is a podcast that just started. I'm going to give them a shout out. Uh, it's based on a uh, was on a newsletter for a little while that's like climate change news and stuff that I subscribe to called Heated. Oh, interesting. Little close. Yeah, a little close. But I Heated think is good. Up's a better name. Heated is a better name. But we already had it. Maybe that's why they that's went with Heated. Why they went with Heated. So it's already Heated. Yeah, we're we suck, but we already we got that name. Yeah. So, but yeah, if, we'll if you're looking for another price. podcast to listen to, Heated, uh, it's good. But uh, computer monitors and office supplies. Yeah. Uh, that's mainly because everyone's had to work through this. And so sure. a lot of people ended up having to work at home. I got an idea. Another one. Well, hair dye. Hair dye is one. Both uh, computer office supplies and hair dye we bought here. My wife has dyed her hair like a bright pink. Yes. And she bought a standing desk. <laughs> she Seven had years a desk. too late. Yeah, had a desk in her room. Perfectly fine desk. Like a couple of weeks ago, she was like, I want a standing desk. So she got herself a standing desk. So now she has pink hair, no chair. Pink hair, no chair. Um, one thing that sold out, oat milk. So a lot of dairy went out first. We kind of talked about that as well. So like milk and eggs and dairy were gone. And so a lot of people were starting to move to milk substitutions. Never. And oat milk, <laughs> which is a thing. Never. So it went Go up with 400% out. increase in that sales of oat milk. Good. Although like that's like three boxes of oat milk. <laughs> so... <laughs> That percentage is a little misleading. Uh, here's one for you, Corinne. Sewing machines. Yeah, well, of course, because they're sewing the mask. People are sewing the mask, but just in general, it's another hobby you can do, you can at, do home. It at home. So sewing machines and fabric to make course, stuff, all that supplies. sold out. So again, if you are a hobbyist, if that's something you're interested in, you have some extra on hand so you can do it during the pandemic. A couple of uh, medical items that sold. So we talked about hand sanitizer and stuff like that, and obviously face masks and all those sold Tylenol? out. Tylenol? Basic drugs, yeah. yeah. Some things that you might not think about. Thermometers sold mm-hmm. out. Because I, I don't know if I have a temperature. Yeah. I don't know. And then pulse oximeters. One of the things about the COVID-19 is that it messes with your blood oxygen oxygenation level. Interesting. And so a pulse oximeter measures that. And so they sold out real quickly. Those but like I, on I, your I, Fitbit that tells you your blood oxygen. I think it like pokes your finger or something. Oh, like, a, like a diabetic thing. I don't know. Okay. I'm not... I don't, I'm not down with that. But uh, vitamins and supplements sold out real quickly. So People if you didn't have your get... Centrum Z. Okay. I know my dad sent me to the store, uh, Musimax, the fiber. Wait, are you shopping for dad? I did a little bit, especially at the beginning. Okay, in the beginning, not so much now. Um, you mentioned hair dye and hair trimmers mm-hmm. for people to give themselves haircuts at home. Nail stuff, I would imagine. Yep. Nail, uh, nail polish sold out in polish. many, many places. Nail polish and nail polish remover, right. uh, which actually did worse than the nail polish. Because there's a billion different types of nail polish there's only one type of nail polish remover. Right. Some personal aids, including diapers. Yeah. Uh, obviously, if you have kids, yeah. plant, and if you have diaper-age kids, you should always have a backup. 
So it's a good kind of fun Yeah, number. that's rough. We um, only have to have money if you don't have also diaper Also, adult diapers. Yeah. Uh, so if you have adult diaper-aged adults. Yuck. Uh, Stop. <laughs> um, another thing that sold out, and I've started to see ads on my Facebook, bidets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. sold out real quick. Uh-huh. And then, of course, I see ads now on my Facebook all the time for like the post-installation for a bidet yeah. on your toilet. Really got me thinking. It really got me thinking. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, other things that sold out, coffee. Uh-huh. A lot of people uh, all of a sudden couldn't get the office coffee, mm. couldn't get their Starbucks. It suddenly needed more energy to lay around the house. Yeah, and well, needed to just uh, keep the level and keep the edge on. And also probably sleeping pills. Yeah, I'd imagine. I don't know. That's not on my list. Uppers and downers. Yep. Among the different foods that sold out that you might not think of, uh, kombucha. Gross, you guys. And that's something you can make at home. And nobody I feel like if you're buying kombucha, that. you can make it yourself. Yeah. But disgusting. And then, of course, beans. There's a classic selling out, like dried beans. Although there's a huge increase on like the Google searches for like how to cook dried beans. Because nobody knows how to cook. Yeah, everybody bought them, and then they're like, "Wait, what do I do with this bag of beans?" I don't (laughs) know. You have to soak them. It's like a whole sorcery. Everybody's got the instapots. You can do it in there. But anyways, pressure cooked beans. It's so it takes so much less time. Yeah, maybe we'll do an episode on cooking dried beans here in the next couple of days. Could be good to know. Yeah, you have a lot of people bought the beans. They sold out the beans. Now they don't know what to do with them. A uh, cat food. So cat food, cat litter. We had Oof. mentioned, I think we did an episode prepping pets. for pets. Yeah. Where, we yeah, we did talk about how you want to stock up for pets. A lot of people had not stocked up for their pets. So if you have a cat, make sure you got enough cat litter to last a little oh, while on God. hand. Or make your cat go outside because yuck, guys. Why are we Do not the let poop your cat inside? outside. Cats are like murder machines. Do not have an indoor outdoor cat. Have an indoor only cat. That okay, here's the In fact, problem. best don't have cats. Fuck cats. I hate cats. I'm not I'm doing an anti-cat podcast right no, here. No, hold on, hold on. Hold you on. may be a cat lady. I'm not, a, I'm not I don't even own a cat. I'm, I'm just saying cats. my only problem with this is the bringing of their feces indoors. I don't understand it. Dogs don't poop inside. You can train a dog to uh, poop in a litter box. Just get rid of cats generally. <laughs> Screw cats. Great. Fitness equipment. So this is a big one. Oh, a lot of people, yeah. Weights. A lot of people bought weights. stuff. And then bicycles also. A lot of people bought bike because uh, you could still go out bike riding. So bikes, especially bikes for kids, sold out everywhere. Yeah. And then the last one I had was kitchenware. So a lot of people found out that they wanted to bake or cook more at home and didn't have the supplies they needed. Yeah. So if you are planning on cooking something, and we mentioned this quite a bit when we talked about food, make sure you have a way to cook it. So if you're going to have like instant food, you need to have a, a stove Just to cook how it. To do it yeah. and, we, and one of the things we talked about on our food episode as well is having a backup plan for cooking it. So we've been lucky in this crisis that most people still had electricity for their ovens or yeah. you know gas. But if the power went out or the gas went out, how would you cook all your food? Yeah. So having a backup method for cooking your food is important. Uh, so that's something that well might not have sold out is something you should think about if you hadn't already done that. So maybe you were like, yeah, I have enough pasta. I can boil water on the stove. What happens if the stove doesn't work? How are you going to boil that pasta? That's going to be my next thing. The Well, so I did buy some of these things. I mean, I bought more baking stuff. Um, did you find yeast? No yeast. I luckily i did have a good amount of like flour and sugar and stuff already on hand and then when they started running out of stuff i just kind of went for the boxed mix stuff as like it's i can still make it it gives me something to do and it makes me feel a little bit better to have something to eat i did that um i considered the equipment fitness equipment but then i was like get real um (laughs) hair dye i would never attempt it won't go well i'm not gonna even try but i did buy more pasta and I did buy more canned food. 
but the rest of it I didn't really I didn't go crazy I didn't buy I thought about a Nintendo Switch <laughs> and I was like what will I do on I got this Netflix. I'll play Mario Kart for two seconds and then be like yeah I don't play video games not for me yeah so those are some of the things that sold out all over the country and all over the world I guess uh, during this pandemic so if you bought any of those things you know obviously think about that or if you were unable to get them if you were desperately in need of yeast remember that and so try and plan for that for the next time buy buy two packets next time you yeah, can get it put them in the fridge just make sure you have all these items on hand i think a sewing machine is one of those you buy it once you're pretty good <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know how to sew was the problem i mean i technically took like one of those living on your own classes in high school and it ta- you had to some... sew yeah it, took a, it, it was a living on your own class. It taught you how to do your taxes. Living on your own in 1850? No. It was basically like I, like basic Churn home butter, stuff. No, Derek. We sewed like... Did you milk the cow out there? We, no, we made like our own bag. Just some basics of how to use a sewing machine. Mostly it was cooking related. She taught us how to do some really basic cooking, um, how to do your taxes, um, make a budget, a stuff like that. I, I mean... What did I learn? Not that much. I'll be honest. I just did it because I knew we could cook and I was going to eat that food. I'll be honest. I've been doing more of like charitable purchasing lately because I haven't lost my job. You know, sending stuff to the Boys and Girls Club or post office I bought from the post office. That's not really a charity. Not really a charity. (laughs) I mean, I paid a regular price, but I would never have bought that. I have like seven stamps that'll last me the rest of the year, Uh, but now I got to bunch of them so it's gonna go out the door or like the feed families things at the grocery stores i'll buy a couple of the bags or whatever i don't know we'll see but that's i guess all we had today is it uh was uh yeah basically not a ton of prepping stuff but there's some of the stuff that ran out so you should pay attention to because we should be learning from, from the it. crisis yeah. so you know nobody's expected to be 100 percent prepared for everything you can't be prepared you can't for everything. be but you should learn from what's happening and what's going on around you what you've already experienced and then not make the same mistakes twice like fool me once you know mm-hmm. so it's like it's okay that this first time you didn't have dry pasta or beans or anything on hand next time though you know you've had a warning yeah. So, you know, be ready next time. You're looking at time. me a lot, but actually I was better off you were than better I thought. Off than you were. I, and it's not because I am a good prepper, I'll be honest. It's because I buy in bulk. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, I don't want to go to the grocery store again because I don't like the public. Don't like them anyway. So, I liked them before. Uh, didn't like them before mass. Really don't, don't like, like them now. Don't like them now. Yeah. So, I just had bulk of everything. I was like, oh, that'll be all right. I mean, I might be eating some weird meals, but, you know, it'll be all right. Yeah. So, that's our show. Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. And stay safe. Yeah. Have a good one.